With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The return we've been waiting for is finally here. One of the sport's most notorious icons is stepping to the octagon this Saturday. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a free shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with first deposit. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledges to the test to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about football playoffs, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the uh, DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres might not be as bad as we thought? Mm. Question mark? Or will they be? <laughs> or will, or they, will be? they be? Or will they be? Uh, if there's one thing we've learned over the past few years, it is to not trust anything that the team does in the first half of the season. Yeah, or especially the first very beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, before we get to those idiots, I have a, a quick uh, thing I want to plug. Uh, so you, everyone uh, who's a hockey fan around here has probably heard of the 11 day power play before. I know I, the first, the first one was, uh, it was an actual 11 day hockey game. It was two teams and they seriously played hockey for 11 days, just 20 guys on each squad. Pretty insane. Uh, so in the, in the intervening years, there's been some like, uh, not like so much uh it was kind of like different they like got a lot of people involved to help with more fundraising so like they were shifts like you'd play a four-hour shift anyway going back to the actual 11-day power play in 2021 uh and it's going to be november 13th through 24th at riverworks you might have already heard about this but there are people raising money already uh so anyway i just wanted to give a shout out because one of my friends uh kristen spilecki uh has a donation page she's one of two women that are uh competing uh this time and she's one of 40 people overall it's gonna be 252 hours which is absurd uh so just just insane stuff so uh obviously i'm sure and i'm hopeful there there will be audiences uh will be uh safe by that time it'll be safe to gather in crowds by november god let's hope so um so the goal is to raise a million dollars for cancer research uh I think they've already raised over a hundred thousand 
even though it's not for almost 10 months, you can start donating now or whenever you want. Uh, it's at communityshift.11daypowerplay.com slash donate. Uh, if you have friends or acquaintances that are participating on their social media, they probably are tweeting out or on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, putting their own donation pages. You can donate in their name. You can also donate in someone's name, like maybe someone that you know, a loved one that died of cancer or is fighting cancer. Uh, so just wanted to get that out there. Uh, Kristen actually was on the inaugural, I believe, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, Monsignor Martin uh, girls hockey team in the first year of high school girls hockey around here. And I think won the championship and I could be wrong about that. Very cool. But if I am wrong, you know, I'm wrong in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm wrong being positive. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let's get to the, uh, the bad hockey team. Well, also or before the we, hockey team. Well, before we do that though, we should also say, well, can we share those links? If you have them, Taylor, after we tweet out the episode, uh, you should attach them to it so people can go to the donation page right oh, away. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll be on Twitter on, on straight up savers. All right. Let's uh, talk about the hockey team. All right. Yeah. Initial reaction. So uh, the Sabres, of course, we had covered the Washington series in our episode from earlier this week, and the Sabres then went to Philadelphia, where they played two games against the Flyers. They won the first, lost the second, looked okay. They looked all right. Like they, I mean, they definitely yes. <laughs> looked a lot better. They, um, I think we all could agree that in the Washington games, they looked very sluggish, very slow, which is expected after a 10-month layoff, as we've been saying. Um, but against Philly, it seems like they kind of picked up the up the tempo a little bit. Uh, and Reinhardt Eichel Hall, man, they just unloaded. I mean, they looked great. Of course, they weren't able to put anything away on, on Brian Elliott somehow uh, in the second game of the series. But Sam Reinhardt had two goals in the first game against Philly, along with two for Curtis Lazar. Um, Carter Hutton, again, not going to get ahead of ourselves because he looked okay at the start of last year, but he has looked okay so far. He's looked pretty good. Um, I don't expect that to continue. And also, we don't even know what his status is now after he took a pretty nasty hit um, from Ivan Provorov, but it was actually Brandon Montour's fault. So 100%. 100%. And so now between him being hurt, he eventually was replaced by uh, Jonas Johansson in the third period of the game against Phil of the second game against Philly and Linus Olmark. We don't totally know what's going on. It appears that he has a personal issue situation that he's dealing with right now. Um, so the Sabres don't really have any goalies and who in the world, who among us, would have predicted that the Sabres should have done something differently with their goaltending situation in the off season. I mean, who ever could have predicted such a thing? So, and it's especially uh, annoying because they have someone, their first replacement from Rochester in case, let's say Carter Hutton was terrible or injured or both or whatever. It means that Jonas Johansson would have to play. And I don't think Jonas Johansson showed anything last year. And I believe he's 25 years old now. He especially didn't uh, in preseason this year either. Yeah, that's right. And he basically has one good AHL season under his belt. And that's it. That's troubling. Not everyone's Andrew Hammond, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm definitely annoyed by that. I'm no, I, the, the Montour thing is it's one of my least favorite things in hockey or in sports in general. There's, it's a little bit different in other sports, but this specific type of play in hockey, uh, the, a guy is going towards your goalie and you cross check him hard in the back or hit him hard from behind into your goalie and then get mad at him. Like, first of all, it's really stupid. Second, it's insanely dangerous. Like what are you doing? Because at that point, one of the key things here, you're not affecting the play. 
whatever he's going to do uh, in terms of making a play, whether he shoots or passes, misses, scores, whatever, it's already decided. He's already passed you. You hitting him from behind is you uh, letting off steam because you got beat. And he gets beat a lot, so I guess he's a lot of steam to let off. Mm. So that was that was annoying, especially as Hutton I thought was playing okay. I don't think he was playing incredibly well um, the past few games. I think okay. well, he, but that's the thing though is like yeah, okay is a big step is up all they him, need. Yeah. They just need average. They need, yeah. they need perfectly average out of him, and he's yeah. better at least. Yeah. So I would say so with this start, I think it's almost undeniable that the Sabers have played three pretty good games in a row. Mm-hmm. But also, it's a hundred percent undeniable that they are one in three. In last place with 7% of the season gone. Now, that's not a ton of the season. It's not nothing either. It's a lot more this year. This is basically two-thirds of a season they're playing. Mm-hmm. So a lot less time to catch up if they do fall behind. Uh, but, yeah, they, they have looked good in some ways. Like they there's a, There is a lot to actually be happy about. I mean, we're not going to get to all of it right now. We'll see how they look later this week. I don't want to overreact to two games. But one of the big things, like, I'm kind of – thrilled about is hey so far i can't hate the Ristol mccabe thing can't hate no. it so far it no. has not been bad those guys look pretty good i actually can't hate ralph's uh, whole defensive system in general here's the problem though guys like you need to score to win if you look at this year obviously monday's game awesome the best game they've played in a long time obviously but i mean even before the the pandemic happened the other two games were kind of identical and you were playing against Brian Elliott and a guy named Vanacek, Vanacek, whatever his name is, is his first game. You need to score. You're not like the blues of five years ago or the Islanders of now. Like you have Michael Hall, Reinhardt Skinner. You have all these guys, Olofsson. You Mm -hmm. have, you should have a decent power play, a good power play even. So even like it kind of means nothing to play well for five on five for 48 to 55 minutes of the game or whatever it is. Uh, if you're not going to score on five at five on five, and if you, especially if you're not going to score on your power plays. So yeah, that's just, yeah. In general though, I'm not dis displeased. I, I should say I'm, I'm pretty happy with how things are with how almost everyone's looked. I have a couple nits to pick, but we'll, well see. that's kind of what my overarching point is, I guess, for the first four games is that, they are one and three, as we said, they haven't been scoring enough. Um, overall, though, I agree with you that they have looked pretty good. And I think that if they can continue to play at the rate that they're playing at and have the underlying numbers that they're having, the goals will come. Uh, one thing, though, that is concerning, I guess you could look at it as a, as a actually, no, it's 100% concerning. What am I even saying? <laughs> I have not been blown away by Jack or Darlene this season. Eichel is somehow tied for the league league in points with six. I'm sure by the time everybody listens to this, uh, that will be, that will change considering we have a whole slate of games tonight and the Sabres aren't back until Friday, I believe. Um, But Jack has six points as does Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has looked as good as advertised, but Jack really hasn't been blowing the doors off. And I don't think it's any secret that Rasmus Dahlin has left something to be desired as well. Um, you know, we've talked at length about Dahlin, that defenseman of his stature where they're, you know, even if it is like a, a first round high end defenseman, it takes some time for them to really find their complete game. Um, 
you know, the, the comparison we always look to that people often look to, I should say, is like Victor Hedman and how it took him, I think, four or five seasons before he really found his scoring touch. Hedman, on the other hand, though, was more of a physical freak than Dalian is. Um, but yeah. I don't think that it's unfair for people to say, you know, look at Quinn Hughes and look at Cal McCarr. Why isn't Dalian this? Um, I think we've... I mean, we have discussed at a pretty good length that in large part, uh, this is due to Kruger's system uh, and how he's asking Darlene to be pl- to, to play um, a little bit different than what his maybe natural style is and really playing to his strengths and more so having him play to a system, which I know both of us disagree with, particularly in his case. Yeah. But with that being said, though, I still have faith in Darlene. I want to make that clear. I still think he is going to be great. I think he has all the potential in the world, but because it is okay, everybody to have nuance in these conversations, I am still not exactly over the moon with how he's looked. I feel like a lot of people have taken this one way or the other approach where they're like, he's fine. It's going to be okay. And then other people are like, he looks terrible. He sucks. I'm worried. And I think we could like, maybe find something in the middle a little bit more towards him being okay. But like you could still have a positive outlook for him for the future while still feeling like he's, he's leaving something to be desired in his game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, because it's important to, to note that like his uh, range of outcomes is enormous. Mm-hmm. So we thought, and we had the potential to have not even just like the defenseman Eichel, but like the defenseman McDavid, which is a lot of people thought Deline would be at his draft time. I, and I, I think, I don't know if that's still the potential, but there's, I don't know, potential for him to be in the class with McCarr, Hughes, those guys who uh, have, have uh, really Heiskin is another good example mm-hmm. who jumped Heiskinen's on the scene sure. as great, great young defenseman. So uh, there's a huge range. So he could be maybe better than those guys. He could be those guys. He could just be a very good defenseman. He could be good, or he could just be like not really a first pairing guy. He could just, this could be what he tops out as. I kind of doubt that. And I hopefully doubt that. Uh, But yeah, it's concerning to see him play like this. Like it's year three. I, I would hope to take more of a leap. And I do, I have to wonder a little bit about Kruger because it's, it's a strange thing where he plays a more defensive system, but it almost makes the forwards defense shine more than a defenseman. Like before this little bit recently, Ristolainen was nothing. He was straight up bad for the last two years. We'll say that. Uh, well, last year, I guess is the relevant year here. Mm-hmm. Montour, after he got traded here uh, at the end of the 2018, 19 season, I think that would have been, or whatever that was. I don't yeah. know. Uh, he looked. Okay better with Housley than he did with Kruger. Yeah. He's looked really bad under Kruger and now he didn't look good under Randy Carlisle either, but you know, another bad coach. Right. So it's, it's, it's a concern. Definitely. Deline did not take the step after his first year that you thought he would have. Uh, like I mentioned Monzo or, I mean, all these other guys like McCabe or Miller or even like Yogi Haru stand out that much. So I don't know. It's something to think about. It's an interesting well, trend. The other thing too, I guess we kind of, you know, closing the, making it full circle with this conversation on Darlene is I think what's most troubling about it is I feel okay about it in the long term with him. But in my mind for the Sabres to make any kind of noise in the playoff and make the playoffs this year, they need him to take that step now. 
you know, two or three years from now, we may be looking back at this time and being like, yeah, he just needed a little bit longer to cook. He figured it out, whatever it is. But, you know, time isn't exactly a luxury that the Sabres have at the moment. And Darlene, he he needs to be on the level of Hughes and Makar for the Sabres to take that next step. You know, I, I mean, the forwards, like you have the star power there. I know goalie, obviously, we really don't have a whole lot to write home about, but Darlene is supposed to be that game breaker on the blue line that the Sabres have really like, I mean, have they had that since Housley? Probably not to the degree that we're expecting Darlene to be. So it's something that's, that's plagued this franchise for a long time. And I think Darlene will end up being a good, true number one defenseman, but I mean, he's just not that right now. And we need him to be, if the Sabres have any hope of making it to the postseason. Absolutely. Uh, he needs to just be, I would say like 20% better this year. Like part of that is yes, Kruger. He needs to be allowed to carry the puck. He needs to be allowed to make plays when he wants to make plays. He needs to be allowed to like authorize to do the things that he's talented enough to do and not just worry about being the defense, best defenseman possible in your own zone that, you know, it starts there, but you, you can't like pigeonhole someone into that until they're perfect at it, especially to the detriment of the team. Right. If he's playing to his potential, he'll be an excellent offensive defenseman. I mean, if he's not good in his own zone, if he's a less installer in his own zone, let just puts him in a class with like John Carlson, who was second in Norris voting last year, who's won a mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. I mean, if he's a guy that ends up getting like 20 goals and 40 assists a year, you take him being a little less installer in his defensive zone, you know? A hundred percent. You don't even think twice about it. Yeah. It's not like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson were like, I don't know, Zidane Chara in their own end. Yeah, not everyone's and fine with that. Strength. And Ralph needs to be fine with that too. Not everyone should be. That kind of gets gets back to our Skinner point we were making before. Like, you just can't have everyone be good at defense, and that's fine because you'll have guys like Skinner who can score. I'm sure we'll talk about Skinner later. I'd like to see more of him a little bit. Right, before right. I, Which, before I make a judgment on all this. And and for what it's worth, too, to to and at least in Skinner's case, one brief comment on him. I still strongly disagree with the deployment and playing him with Lazar and Sheehan specifically. Um, I think him and Sheehan can definitely work together in a third line role, but I mean, you can't really come. He's looked good. Like he has, he's generated at five on five. I think, you know, last episode I had talked about how, you know, over the past five years, he's been one of the top five best five on five uh, in terms of like expected goal. He's been in the top goals for he has been in the top five consistently at even strength and he i believe is in the top 10 already to start off this season and he's not getting exactly the most prime quality minutes he is still though i mean making it not be you know we're just buried in our own zone when he's out there like they still are at least generating some chances on the fourth line and that's great like that's definitely good but somebody of his caliber though you need to move him up the lineup to give him more more opportunities to score because one he hasn't fully put it away yet and two it could be an opportunity for you to get somebody like eric stall scoring you know Stahl admittedly has looked kind of slow, um, but I don't think of that as like a Patrick Berglund kind of slow because even though he <laughs> one, even though he had the one really bad giveaway that led to a goal, otherwise he has made a lot of sound plays, like the little things, you know, where he's not colossally screwing up in the way that you would expect how like 
Berglund or Sabatka when you bring them in to be this veteran presence. Like, Stahl has at least made the smart, easy plays for the most part. And so I'm okay with that. And I think the goals will come. He's a thinking man's David Legwand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Any thoughts on Eichel, though, too, Taylor, with his start? Have you you hmm. been not blown away by him either? No, and I would say more so than anything. Two things, actually. Uh, One is I'm not blown away by him playing with Hall so far. And I don't think they need to play together. And then that's probably another conversation conversation for the future, but it's like, you can do a lot of, let's say lineup optimization, like they're quote unquote, like they're trying to do with Jeff Skinner, definitely not trying to punish him for being bad at defense. Uh, you can do that a lot better by moving Hall down, especially if you've like a first line of uh, Eichel, Olofsson and Reinhardt, you know, it was last year's first line. It was good. They did mm-hmm. well. Olofsson isn't really all that useful at five on five without Eichel. Uh, to set him up right uh and then you could have a second line with hall stall that's still a good second line uh, i don't know your, if there's your other a... winger anyway but yeah. the other point i was gonna say is eichel great job setting people. he's great job passing great job playing with reinhardt he's had a lot of assists i'm not overly impressed and i think one of the things is if you're not going to play an excellent 60 minute game or 22 however many many minutes you're on the ice you can make that up by scoring and the best time to score is in the power play so shoot on the goddamn power play Jack. Like that's put. Yeah. You know who's a pa- more of that. Yeah. You know who's a pairing who I'd like to see together? A wing pairing. I want to see Hall and Skinner together just to see what would happen. See, that's interesting. I kind of like that like matchup just to see. I mean, they don't play the same kind of game. They're both exceptional skaters in in different ways. Hall is I think a lot more of a faster north to south kind of guy whereas Skinner is just like gorgeous the way that he works like his his edges on his skates and his turns um but i think they would be kind of interesting they also i mean hall obviously can score with the best of them but he like jack he can use his skating i guess to be like a playmaker by trade and so when you can have somebody like skinner who is an elite five on five goal scorer i just think that would be a really interesting wing pairing to I, I don't know who you would put in between them i mean stall would work definitely i know then that would probably lead to some issues with you know filling out the rest of the lineup but i kind of like that idea as something for the sabers to maybe try you know when if you're going to be looking for scoring why not at least try and do that absolutely and there's one more thing before we go give it to me dylan cousins dylan cousins so looks so awesome so he looks so great good. can i ask you this though Yes. Would you trade him for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Probably. Me too. Well, I have to think about it. I think that PLD is like Cousins' best case scenario, and I think that it's well within reach that Cousins can get there, but PLD is only a few years older, and you already know like he's already made it and established himself, and rather than... I would be willing to to trade him for it. Granted, I would like it a lot better if they could base it around like not him, Eichel, Darlene, or Reinhardt. Anybody else is fair game. So I mean, I would I wouldn't even blink if it was like Olafson and like Quinn were the centerpiece of a deal. I, I would not even think twice. So I don't know. Just curious. But yeah, Cousins lo- has looked awesome, though. I shouldn't say that to like discredit him because that's more me saying that I think PLD is awesome. But 
Cousins has looked great. I mean, he, I don't think that knock on wood, no Casey middle statting going on here. Yeah. What do you, what was you, what have you like, what have you liked the most about him? Hmm. I would say that he looks like and carries himself like he belongs so far. Like when I, when I watch him, I don't feel like it's a guy in his first few NHL games. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas even though Casey didn't look bad right away, he did feel that way. Right. Right. Like immediately. And most guys do. It's not even really a knock on guys. Like you just look like, Oh, it's your first, it's a whole different speed. You know, it's the best league in the world. And he doesn't look like that. It looks like the speed of the game isn't too fast for him. Right. And he's solid all around. I agree. Like, which is what everyone said he would be. I agree. I think he's going to be good. Well, we, uh, we kept it as a quick one for this week just because there are some more pressing matters going on this weekend uh, that I think everybody's attention will be focused on. And, of course, I'm talking about the Sabres, you know, uh, two away games with Washington on uh, right, baby. on Friday and Sunday. Nothing else really happening. Uh, but, no, we, we will be back with a new episode on Monday. We just wanted to give a brief update on what's been going on with the Sabres so far in the season. We will be back with our Monday episode and be talking about the games against Washington. Uh probably not talking about the bills because I'm assuming we're both going to want to record beforehand. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for what it's worth, again, the Sabres are in Washington on Friday, the 22nd at seven o'clock and Sunday, the 24th, a reminder that that game was moved up to three o'clock, uh, because of the bills game in Kansas city, which gets underway, I think a little bit after six o'clock. Uh, but with that being said though, everybody, this has been straight up Sabres once again, presented by, the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Again, the Hockey Podcast Network, 31 teams, 31 shows, plus a bunch of extra awesome hockey content. As again, we are just now really kind of hitting the stride on the 2021 season. The Hockey Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things NHL. And make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics as well. Buffalo Fanatics is the premier place to get all of your Buffalo Bills coverage as the Bills prepare to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So make sure you check them out. Make sure you're checking us out on social media as well make sure you're following all of us on our respective streaming platforms and taylor who is your random savers player of the episode wow random savers player of the episode i had this all thought out Mm. Hmm, what's an appropriate one you know what i'm gonna go with one i just read a story on today and i've probably shouted him out recently on here i don't know either in a quiz or on this steve hines steve hines steve hines runs a a dog uh grooming type player like a dog like daycare thing you know when you go on vacation you gotta leave your dog somewhere he has that because he left his dog at a place one time when he was going he was on the road for something and his dog died there he thought the place was run so poorly he wanted to put it out of business and have he worked partnering with some other people that ran a good dog hotel type place and uh yeah very cool story i read about in the athletic a good story john vogel had that's beautiful i caught that earlier i didn't get to read the story yet but i'll have to go back and check that out Yeah, very cool. Very interesting guy, that Steve Hines. Definitely, definitely. Well, I don't really have a a cool background for why I'm choosing this player, other than I believe that they were briefly teammates for a short time, but I'm going to go with Vaxlav Varada. Mm, Great name. Classic, classic Sabre. All right, everybody. Well, once again, this has been Straight Up Sabres. Thank you all so much for listening in. We will be back and talk to you on Monday. 